0: Welcome. This is In Conversations with Chana. I'm Chana Weisberg, editor of the jewishwoman.org. Today we have very special guest joining us, Sarah and Yisrael Godovich. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Hi. And a huge and big mazel tov because the Godovich's just had quadruplets, correct?
1: Yeah. Yes, yes.
0: How, how long ago? When did you have your quads? Last Tuesday. Wow. I don't remember
1: what day it is today, but I think it's a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and yeah. you're
0: and you're here, sitting and talking. That's quite amazing. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Thank, thank God. You. Thank, thank God. you. Thank you so much for joining us. And the the Goodavichs are about to tell us their miraculous story with their quadruplets and how it actually came about. So you have you have a, a child. You have a son. If I'm cor- if I'm yeah correct, and your son is now three years old.
1: Yeah, he actually just had his, his upshirt um like two weeks before the babies were born. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you had your son and then you wanted, I guess, more children and you weren't having more children. And then what happened?
1: Yeah. So uh, for me, I think that like, don't get me wrong. I'm a career woman. I have two MBAs. I work in business and strategy, but like the fullest um, expression of my role here in like on the planet is to have babies. And <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but like you think about the beginning of the Torah, it's like, do this, don't do that. And then be fruitful and multiply. And the way that I've seen it cascade in my life is that all of the things that I learned are to support me in that mission. So mm-hmm. even though I, it's like a part of me, it was a really big part that I felt always like I wanted to have a huge family. When we were dating, um, he would ask like, what are your thoughts? And, and we're a little bit older, and I would say, I want to have as many as I can. I want a whole football wow. field if I can get one. Um, so, so, you're an,
0: a very educated woman, you have a career, and yet you yeah. have this drive to have children. Why? Why is that?
1: I think that it's the ultimate culmination of passing on everything that I've learned. Hmm. And there's a big growth and healing for myself, and also for the next generation, and also for the past generations. And, like, I I think the most challenging job I've ever had is being a mother
0: mother. Wow. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. It's like CEO of the house, except way more extreme and so much more feelings oriented when you're working at work. It's like, we're here to get things done. And at home, I still want to get things done, but I want to be like kind of a, a little Nishama's tour guide through this, yeah. you know, pretty crazy place.
0: Well, I mean, you're creating a life, so what could be greater than creating a life, right?
1: I also think it's the ultimate like co-creation. Like mm-hmm. we are here and I don't want to say life is meaningless, but like we don't know really why we're here. And then all of a sudden when you get this assignment to show someone else why you're here, all of a sudden you start seeing the beauty. Like it's mm-hmm. like having a friend in town visiting and mm-hmm. you might not do touristy stuff But then when they come in town, you're like, oh, you've got to see this place. And there's this beautiful hike and come look at this, you know, this beautiful museum or whatever it is. But you kind of wouldn't have necessarily taken the time to smell the roses, let's say, if you were just on your day to day by rote. So that's kind of the way that I see a baby. It's like now I'm seeing things through the baby's eyes where it's like it's even seeing these babies right now. The things like breathing, Mm -hmm. breathing on our own is such a miracle. And so many things need to happen with our organs and our bodies and all these things just to take a deep breath. So then when I think about it like that, it makes me so grateful to just be able to go.
0: Wow. You know? That's incredible. Yeah. So kids really bring out a huge awareness in us of our surroundings and everything. Yisrael, what do you feel about that? Do you agree with uh, Sarah on having a big family? 100%.
2: Well, okay. So I'm an only child. Mm. So when people... Ha- ask me about how I feel when we were dating and talking about having a big family. I'm just, any of this is, I, I'm sure as I don't know how to, what else you say? Like, just, it's impossible to really emotionally relate. I can model it. This is what sharing attention and sharing parents looks like. Um, as far as having a kid as, as a vessel into the world, it's an, an opportunity for us to continue the, I guess, mission of humanity of like kind of the co-creation with, with uh, the creator and with Hashem and what that what that means. And that they're very much yourself, but outside of yourself. And in that way, they mirror us. They show us. My mom would tease me and say, you know, you're going to have a kid that's just like you. And you're like, oh, my God.
0: Right. Was I really like that? And I said to my mom, when our
2: son, that our three-year-old. Oh, was, you,
0: you just wait. Your, your son is only three.
2: <laughs> I, well, I said, I think he was like two in the beginning of the twos. I said, Mom, like, when does he start to re- re- appreciate, like, recognize what's going on, what we do for him. And she's like, I'll let you know when it happened. <laughs> <That's>
0: right. <laughs> so, uh... so true. So true. Okay. So you guys are both on the same page as far as having a big family. So you had one child, I guess that came pretty quickly, the yeah. son. And then what happened after that?
1: Um, I was actually pretty surprised that we got pregnant so early. I knew that I had PCOS, mm-hmm. super common thing. And they had just said, okay, so when it's time, you just have to have a little bit of treatment Mm -hmm. and um you know I'm unbreakable like I never Mm -hmm. thought anything would really happen that would make it not happen um because it looks like everyone's having babies everywhere I never really was exposed to anybody having any kind of trouble or if they were they weren't talking about it Mm -hmm. um and I'm just seeing people have babies left and right and when it's not happening as easy for me I'm like okay maybe something might be wrong You know, let's start talking to doctors. And the more that we spoke to doctors, the more it kind of became this scientific uh, method of take this, take that, do this, don't do that. And then um, over the course of fertility treatments, you kind of lose sight of who's really in control Mm -hmm. because you're going to this person who's telling you, take this shot at exactly this time and do this thing at exactly this way. And um, it just becomes like a draining process like
0: a, like a real formula just do this and this will exactly. happen right
1: exactly uh-huh. a real formula doesn't leave much space for me mm-hmm. or faith mm-hmm. or like maybe it's just not time yet um and you wouldn't know that so you keep trying you keep trying and it's not working and you get more sad and then it really takes away from the you know our mon- our mantra through this whole thing was positive vibes only
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but for a long time it, it wasn't that And and there's
0: there's probably a lot of ups and downs along the journey, hopes and and shattered hopes and the toll that it it takes on your body as well, physically and emotionally.
1: It's also very isolating because you feel like no one else knows what you're going through. No one Mm -hmm. else can relate. No one knows what's going on behind closed doors. It's not sneeze to talk about it. And so then you sit there and kind of suffer alone. So you have a miscarriage and you might not be inviting people over for Shabbos or you might say that you don't want to go out for Shabbos meals. But people never stop to think about that with sensitivity of like, oh, I wonder why, you know, Sarah's Mm -hmm. not in shul right now. I wonder why Sarah's not this. It's just kind of like the world keeps moving and you can't talk about it. So you Mm -hmm. sit there and then you start going through this. Is this ever going to happen for me? And then using that same, you know, science this happens and that happens you're like okay these people got married after me and they have more kids before Mm -hmm. me and uh, it's so sad that we go through these like baby olympic type things because again i can be proof that these things are not linear
0: they don't come one at a time
1: (laughs) be careful what you wish for but but i think that that was one of the things that was difficult for me so i kind of almost became like it was so difficult that i couldn't couldn't hold it in by myself anymore And I didn't care if it made me look weak. This is kind of just it's vulnerability and someone else is going through it, whether they talk about it or not. And so I started talking about it more with people. If someone would come and say, no, you know, what's going to happen? Your baby's three already. What are you waiting for so long? You know, I don't really know very many people that wait on purpose, Mm -hmm. you know. And so like now it's given me such sensitivity with that.
0: So you and mean people really have to think about things before they make comments to others about what they say? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and also the and we people never that know get the what, right? Yeah, no, and we never know what's going on in someone else's life, right? Totally, totally, right.
1: and and I think the person that's getting the comment, you have mm-hmm. a choice in that moment
0: mm-hmm. where
1: like you can literally break down and want to cry, mm-hmm. or say, "I would love it if you would pray for me." My name right. is Sarah Farimon Michal, Your mouth to God's ears, Amen. Yeah. There's nothing I would want more. And usually when I would respond like that, people would freeze because then they just realized, oh my gosh, hmm. you know, and it's not being mean. I really would love for them to give me a bracha. Sure. For you sure. Know? Um, well, so, you're, you're being
0: a little vulnerable in saying that, you know, you're exposing something that's nobody. very deep down within yourself, but you're allow you're inviting someone else to join in your space of what you're feeling at that moment and even help you in a spiritual yeah. way with that. So that that's totally. really nice. Nice you know, what's
1: interesting. Half the ladies, when I would say that, would also say, oh, you know, I also had a trouble mm-hmm. after this one. Right. Have you tried having your TSH looked at? Mm-hmm. You know, I also had a problem with this at this time or whatever it is. But it actually, first of all, made me not feel as alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Gave me
1: some great resources of people said, oh, try this acupuncturist, try this diet, try this whatever, which it's helped form community for people that might not have had a community before mm-hmm. so I think that's really one of the biggest blessings that came out of it and I really feel like um you know even one of my NICU nurses was she came up to me and she said can you tell me as much or as little as you feel comfortable you know telling me about how this happened and that's kind of a loaded question, question. but I could see the way that she was even asking that she might be on a journey of her own and once I shared it I mean maybe it's postpartum but we walk out of the NICU and I tell you Sarah, so like almost in tears. That's why I went through this. Like, that's why this last, you know, two and a half, three years was the way it was. So that when someone asks that I could be the, like courageous enough to tell her Mm -hmm. and be the miracle that maybe she needs that I would have needed or that other people need. So I think it's miraculous, not just in terms of fertility, but just like, this is not within the realm of nature. This does not happen. Right. And so,
0: So before, you get, levels, before yeah. you get to the story, I just want to ask you, Strel, how you felt about that? Like often a husband doesn't really know what the wife is going through. It's usually the wife who is feeling more the emotions and her body is also physically reacting to it. How were you able to support Sarah through her emo- emotional turmoil, I guess?
2: Well, she's a very good communicator.
0: Mm. Thank
2: God. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and we
2: also had a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Um, we had... The opportunity to have the right people at the right time, the right kind of mentorship and guidance to have those conversations early, and to um, be proactive about it. Also, we've done you know more transparent vulnerability on our own, our own mm-hmm. like therapy. And once you have experience having those kinds of human conversations and knowing where the having a little bit more sensitivity about when it's appropriate to be vulnerable with people, mm-hmm. you can have your body allows you like makes you feel safe enough or allows you to be safe enough to open up in the right context. It's not always correct. Sure. Um, and so for me watching it, it was interesting to see how this was going on in our life in parallel to what was going on in the world, because we have all of these, you know, internal things going on that. How do we share? What do we share? What do we not share? Where's appropriate to go for support? Uh, simultaneously, there's a tremendous amount of safe financial anxiety. A lot of people are going through a lot right now and don't know how to talk about it. Mm. And, as things become more and more i don't know what to call it except absurd it becomes actually easier because you're not carrying the you know illusional the the baggage of you know i need to have you know 90 percent on this report card like no 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 right the report the, the school burned down you know mm-hmm. like something else is out completely crazy it's out of my control so i can be like hey i don't really know what i'm doing because it doesn't make me look bad mm-hmm. uh Well, I guess the more
0: people go through something, the more it becomes the norm, I guess. And the more people talk about it, the easier it is to communicate about it.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, we can normalize the fact that nothing is normal. Nothing is normal. that, That, you know, the normalcy of things is an illusion. And uh, that's a tangent that, you know, I would love sure. to talk about if you want to go to another time.
0: Well, I, I'm curious to hear, like, what would you suggest for a husband who's a husband to support his wife? Who's going through such a journey? I mean, obviously oh, yeah. he's going through the journey as well himself, but when she is getting emotional and she's feeling so pulled and she has so much going on in her body, what would you say or do to support her in such a journey?
2: I think that the hardest part about being a husband and also a father is that I subconsciously am not aware that I always want to just fix things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a very good observer. I'm, Mm -hmm. I want to fix things. And my friend, we we talk about this and that there is literally nothing that I can do to fix this. And as a man for myself, there is really not a lot. That's more vulnerable than that. Like watching, Mm -hmm. you know, by the, by the, End of the pregnancy and she has to carry all this f- weight physically in her body and like i can't even you know i could carry your bag but i can't do that i can go to the grocery store i can't sleep for you mm-hmm. um and and uh so it's an
0: uncomfortable sit- feeling to sit with that discomfort that you can't really do anything other than listen i guess or be there
2: 100 and this is it's the same in any element of like with our first child which was you know more normal Mm -hmm. that uh it was the same and i read you know books or a couple two books that were about fathers and that was major mostly the main theme was that about how to be able to sit on the outside and not be not only not be the center of attention and you're Mm -hmm. not the protagonist but you're also like an accessory character that might not (laughs) even get named and that's okay and when i could kind of lean into that and feel that role it became uh empowering. One of my uh, mentors talks about the example of a dam, like a water dam, that no matter what's going on, there could be a storm or whatever happens to the water. You just have to be solid and firm and that's your job. And when I had right. clarity on that, that my job is to be a dam or a mountain or, a, st- you know, calm and safe, um, that it, it became easier because I had clarity on what it was that I was right. supposed to do, but it's not the conventional, normal way of being. So that was a, that was right. a huge leap.
0: Well, it, it looks like you learned that, that way of being, because when we came to this interview, you said it's really Sarah's story. So I don't yeah. mind her telling it. So that's it's also much easier
2: when there's other people and it's, you know, theory and practice are not right. the same. So,
0: so i working let's, on it. It's a working right? No, that's great. Yeah. Sarah, let's get back to the story. So you really wanted to have a child. You were going through infertility treatments and then yeah. what happened?
1: So we did the first treatment and it wasn't all we wanted. And that was disappointing because there's a lot that goes into it. And then when you get the results and it's like, Hmm. that's it. Um, And that's already after a miscarriage. So it's like, really? Like, it's been a year. I've been doing all these things. And um, then we did a second course. And it was actually last 4th of July weekend, the day before I was going in, um, I tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. And so now it's like we put all this money and effort and it's, it's exhaustive on your body mm-hmm. and we couldn't, we couldn't go through with the procedure. So then um, I was exhausted. I was exhausted yeah. and I thought nothing, nothing good is going to come from this. I just need to take a break. Mm-hmm. I don't need to rush into the next thing. And it's almost um, counterintuitive because it's like something that you really want and you want to push through and go faster But I think that taking the break and taking a moment in time actually allowed me to see things more clearly. And it reminded me like, hey, it's not all about these treatments. There's like I'm a whole human Hmm. and this is only taking care of a very scientific part of me. Let's tend to the other parts. So I started looking at more holistically, um, more like how do I nurture myself? How do I make myself feel whole? And that started with my diet of you are what you eat mm-hmm. and changing that a lot. But then when I changed that, it actually gave me space to say, wait a minute, I haven't really spiritually been everywhere that I wanted to be either. I feel like I've mm-hmm. just gotten sucked into this thing. And yeah, I'll still like say my Tehillim really quickly, but am I putting my trust in God or am I putting my trust in like this person that's telling me to do these things on this day and then that day and then So, um, so the pause
0: gave you a certain awareness, a certain spiritual awareness. Yes. And then you took a step back and go ahead. And then what, what did that change in your life in terms of a spiritual way?
1: I think that I, that I realized also like one of the things that I do every year is I do like a mikvah refresher course. My Robinson Mm -hmm. does, or, you know, the Anash in our area will do something like that every year that they'll have two or three classes that you go and you You remember all the rules and you come home feeling a little inspired. And after attending one of those, I thought, hey, maybe I could dig into this a little deeper um, and and learn it again where I am now. I think that like you could read the same book, but be Mm -hmm. in a different phase of your life. And based on that phase, you might take in different things. And so I thought this would be a great time to take it over again um, and maybe take it So again just to clarify,
0: the, you're talking about the laws of mikvah that husband and wife keep yeah. in their, yeah. in their relationship with each other and how it affects their relationship. So you were recently totally. you were studying that again. Uh-huh. Yeah. So,
1: you know, you get some of that in your Kala classes, the classes that you take when you're getting married, mm-hmm. but it's often you're planning a wedding, you are on this high and there's so much going on that you're really just focused on the rules, maybe not as much the meaning behind it, maybe not as much um, the inspiration behind it. And even if you are inspired, this is like something you need to do daily. Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm. inspiration should be like a shower. It shouldn't be like I was inspired 10 years ago and now here sure. I am. Like
0: we all need um, that refresher. Absolutely.
1: Exactly. So I think going into it and saying, let's be, let's go for like a little bit more of a jolt. Let's take inspiration kind of coffee here. And, um, I actually took it with Mushka Telshefsky, who's amazing i think one of the best people i have ever learned the laws of family purity from because she puts it in this perspective of like there's this potent energy that you have an opportunity to tap into mm-hmm. and if you don't take the opportunity you could still you know follow the follow the laws and do everything right but when you're doing it with this mindfulness you have an opportunity to draw something down that's not here mm-hmm. currently mm-hmm. and it was groundbreaking at the very least. And, um, almost like a little bit, like it, it shattered my perspective on how these things work because a lot of the rules, when you read them and you're reading them quickly, you're just like, well, (laughs) this is really detailed. But then when you start to understand the nuance of these things more and you understand that it's really like you find Hashem in these little details, in these tiny little cracks, and the same way that when you really love somebody that you want to do all the details like for their birthday party, like my son's birthday party, I was so pregnant, but the little details of the cookie with his name on it and the this and the that, not this cookie with his name on it, but that when you you start doing those types of things and then you translate that into Tahars Mishpacha. First of all, in terms of our relationship, I such such a shift where hmm. I saw him showing up for me in a different way. Um, which I thought was amazing. I think that like even just taking care of myself and coming into like my, um, Malchus or my, you know, my queendom really allowed for him to show up more as the King for me, Mm. which was awesome. And then I think also just seeing the shift in perspective of, Oh, Hashem's going to get me pregnant. Mm. It's just a matter of time. It's not like, what's going to happen, but it's, it's in Hashem's hands. And I mean, bar Hashem, very, very quickly after that, after that class, um, I was pregnant before I even knew it. And so we go for another round of fertility treatment, not knowing yet that we're even pregnant. And, um, you know, five weeks later we, we go in. And as I'm looking at this screen, trying to figure out what's going on, And I'm like, can someone tell me what's happening? And then they respond, wait a minute, we're counting.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And (laughs) And, um, I'm not the type to be a nervous laugher. Yeah. But I just start cracking up and say, I'm lucky I believe in God. So I could see this as a miracle.
2: Everybody knew what was going on. Reading an early ultrasound is not complicated. And we were going to these amazing doctors. And she's like, just a sec, I'm counting like, no, 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 no. What are you, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: Wow. So they counted yeah. four, four, four babies within you. Yeah. Th- wow.
1: And they were all jaw what, dropped to the floor.
0: And what was and your like, reaction? Just... What, 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 did both of you feel?
1: The first thing they said is stop laughing.
0: <laughs> this is dangerous.
1: They said, stop laughing. This is dangerous. You need to go to a high risk doctor right now.
0: Wow! Like,
1: don't wait. You need to get to one today. And I, I see my husband like on the back of the wall, just slowly, you know, sinking into the. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know, that, so How did you feel? That's quite um, some news. Yeah, how did you feel?
2: I'm trying to think of without making a stupid dad joke on top of it because that's where I, it's it, it's so uncomfortable. Um, in retrospect, what I keep thinking is, you know, at some point in time, whoever was running the gavura desk that day was like taking a personal call or something <laughs> when hashem gives the analogy of, of chesed is always with rain right and rain is parnasa's sustenance is livelihood and that if we had all the rain of the season in one time that would be like a flood it would break and right. destroy everything so gavura is where we actually the restraint is what we receive we receive the restraint side so um Uh, Like that's having already, you know, months and months and months to sit on it. But at the time it was just like, what is going on here? And then how are we going to pay for this? And, you know, the bedroom and what's going to, Sure, I'm sure there was a lot of questions. We didn't know any of the details. So it's kind of, you know, you're the free fall in a dream where you're scared and you don't know what's going on and you can't touch anything. It was very, very weird. But then the next part, when we started to go to the high risk doctor, I'll pass that back to you.
0: I mean, what happened then
1: for me? Well, I called the high risk doctor Mm -hmm. and I said, I need to see him today. You know, they said, well, what's going on? And I said, I just did this thing and this is what's happening. And they're like, oh, congratulations, (laughs) quadruplets. And it was the first time I was like, oh, my God, quadruplets. Quadruplets. Like before that, it was like, there's four embryos, there's four babies. Like, but then when you hear it like that, it's is overwhelming, but again, there's such a giggle and a laugh. Sure. Right, it's such a laugh, and on one hand, it's like, holy moly, like, what just, what just happened right. is right. like the first part of where you're, you're, you're holding, and then even then, it's like, there's so much feeling behind it because it's I'm like sure. I, I really wanted kids, right, and so now it's like, you know, wow, one of my like friends it. calls it Insta family,
0: right, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then. On the other hand, it's how am I going to do this? Right. Yeah, how sure. am I going to do this? Like postpartum with one is really difficult. Now sure. we're going to do this or like four diapers, right. four times the diapers. <laughs> and then not only that, I think that because the like the primer, the, the first take was these doctors and their shock and their, their fear
0: mm-hmm.
1: was, let's not get attached. Like, let's right. not get attached. I, I didn't want to let their fear come into my body, mm-hmm. but at the same time was also like, take a deep breath. Like Mm -hmm. every time we went to the doctor after that, there was a feeling of sad and happy Mm -hmm. going to the doctor. Cause it's like, are there going to be four heartbeats today? Right. Like I will be very sad if there aren't, but I'll also be like a little bit relieved being honest, like, sure. You know? And I think the hardest part at that time is that, um, everyone, uh, was saying to reduce, and I'm like, if they're all healthy and happy, I can't. Mm-hmm. And one of my prayers even to God was like, God, I can't make this decision. I'm not strong mm-hmm. enough. I don't know who you thought you were assigning this to, but I can't do this. <laughs> so if you don't want one of them, like you need to take care of it because I wow. can't do this. Wow. And if it if it happens, I'll be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm
1: not going to make this decision.
0: So the doctors and- were were advising you to reduce, to to... To reduce some yeah. of the children, right? Wow. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and you it's refused.
2: complicated because it was what well, we didn't realize the scope of mm-hmm. it at the beginning. And as it came up, is that there is a lot of real risks um, risk risk and associated with it, and that's a long, you know, that probably not for here. Um, but mm-hmm. if anybody has questions, like feel free mm-hmm. to reach out to us about it. Um, yeah,
0: but there was a lot of risks involved, and you decided to go ahead and have the children. Yeah. Well I made a deal. I made the deal with God.
1: Yeah. I said if if like if this needs to happen, it needs to not be my doing. I can't do this. Wow. You want it done? Do it yourself, dude. We're partners in this. (laughs) I'm taking this on. Fine. Wow. You you have me in this situation for a reason. And if God forbid something doesn't turn out the way that you know, whatever. I don't even know what God forbid means in this situation, right? Mm -hmm. It's like whatever happens. I'm here for this ride, but I'm not making any of these decisions. It's completely out of my, I can't comprehend. I think four sure. actually
2: made that easier. You asked what felt in the room in that first day right. that, you know, people have a single child. We had experience with that. People have twins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know a lot of people with twins. I don't know anybody with three, but like three mm-hmm. is only one more than two. That's like, okay, I can <laughs> pretend that I can have, you know, I, I can, but four is like, okay, what, really? Are you really? serious? Yes. <laughs> wow. like, I don't know what, it, yeah. what?
1: <laughs> Really?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. I think
1: it also took a little bit of, um, just naivete, I guess you're mm. being completely naive to what the actual risks are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when a doctor's like, you could lose your uterus. Are you prepared wow. to do that? Wow. Or when they're asking you to sign an advanced directive of like how you want to handle certain things, that's, that's hard That's to scary. listen to. That's very scary. scary.
0: Sure. Yeah,
1: but I just didn't. I just, for whatever reason, I don't just know. Blocked I blocked it, it just out. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, like we're both operating in this level of shtus. Uh-huh. Like you guys are on shtus on one end, and I'm just shtus the caduceus. I'm just going to keep dancing, and I'm going to keep singing, and you're going to think I'm a weirdo coming in and out of this office. And by the end of it, everybody was on my side everybody was saying positive vibes only when if I would get a little bit scared about something, they would say, Hey, 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 positive vibes. Only remember our rule wow. in here, positive vibes only. So it was great so to kind s- the doctor's office
0: shift. You kind of set the tone. You set the tone that you believe in God, you believe in miracles. You believe that everything yeah. is going to be good. And you yeah. kept with that. What did you do in moments of worry? What did you say to yourself? The same thing? Yeah. Whatever
1: happens is meant to be.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um there was one thing that was very important from um, Rabbi Baruch Hecht, her mm-hmm. family's mashpia, uh, Rabbi Baruch and Khani Hecht have been along with us for every step of the way here. He was talking about things that, you know, we need to remember that these things are in Hashem's hands and that stuff, mm-hmm. but also important context that medicine looks for certainty. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about necessarily safe or unsafe. It's about certain and uncertain. And this is where we had, you know, a tremendous blessing having the doctor that we did, Dr. Stephen Radd, in that medicine will say, we know, you know, no, we know that this is a way that will work with this level of certainty and we can control it. Right. So we're going to try and move you into the place where we feel comfortable saying we have control. Mm. And that for us, because he could, you know, he said, like, remember, this is not in your control. This is mm-hmm. completely in Hashem's control, mm-hmm. as provided that we're participating in the way that, you know, we're showing up. Sure. And so that was a tremendous um, buffer and sort of safety and for him being a dam for us to mm-hmm. be able to be with this doctor, create the cocoon of positive vibes only and really run mm-hmm. with
1: that. I think also there was a important thing that I would I would remember that there's people that have a single baby that have trouble
0: mm-hmm. and
1: there's people that have twins that have trouble mm-hmm. and it's really just you never it's know. out of your control. Yeah. You never know. So all I could do is roll with it and Mm -hmm. god forbid cross the bridge when something would happen and i think that every time that nothing happened it would just be like further um, like reinforcing Mm -hmm. oh this is so miraculous this is so miraculous because they're like well there's a chance that this like fetal pole won't grow Mm -hmm. i'm like okay but then it grows so then you're like and then and then you start shifting to instead of why to why not why can't it happen Mm -hmm. why can't we go to 34 weeks why can't we you know like Why can't everyone four out of four be okay? You know? um, And then also just tuning in my prayers to that. Why not? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times, a lot of our prayers are even a little self-limiting. I caught myself in this last week, you know, the babies are still in NICU and I caught myself being like, they're doing so well and they want to send them home so soon that I'm like, wait a minute. I wasn't prepared. We don't have the stuff. I thought they were going to, the doctors had told me they were going to be here much longer. And I was like, Please Hashem, just keep them a few a few more days so we can get our our car seats together, right. like our bassinets in order. Sure. We didn't buy anything before because you know that's one of our um, customs not to be prepared. But I'm like, I just need to go get diapers for these things, right. right? Sure. And then I shifted. I caught myself saying that. I was like, wait a minute, that is a very fear based prayer. My love based prayer is Hashem, bring them home as soon as possible. And send their diapers with them and send a night nurse with them. And also, you know, somehow miraculously, we're going to find four car seats. Wow! The next day, my uncle was in one of these stores that's filing for bankruptcy and says, I found this amazing, you know, car seat that's this amount that's now less than half price. And there's a 20% off of it. And do you want me to get four of them for you?
0: Amazing. Wow. You
1: know, it's just, it comes. And then, you know, I think that we always say that, Parnas comes from Hashem or there's man when I see like a sale of 50% another 20% off that's our form of man right now right he wants to keep it within um within the laws of science he can't like make your bank you you can't just always win the lotto the illusion of reality
2: cannot be suspended yeah don't do that anymore
0: right (laughs) right but within reality you're seeing huge miracles but you're but you're putting yourself in that mindset, so I think that's why you're seeing it as well. You're you're totally. almost almost expecting it, you know, which is great. You're not limiting. Well, this is why God. Sarah
2: keeps saying the, the, to, to 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 pursue Nisa to publicize this because, again, having this level of absurdity is it, 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 honestly it makes it a lot easier because if mm-hmm. it was twins or if it was one, like we're we're we delivered it or Sarah, you delivered at Cedar Sinai, there were ten sets of twins in the NICU when we got there.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And
2: you know, and twins, so they're telling the doctors are saying reduce to twins cuz twins is safe.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Meanwhile, right. like
2: we'll go ask those parents. That's right. not safe for them. You sure. know, so so what what do all these things mean and being able to kind of lean into something that had a holistic approach, which was the spiritual grounding and
1: um
0: yeah. Mhm. Yeah. And and seeing that God could do it all. Wow. Totally. Yeah.
1: So and nothing's too big. Whatever your prayer is like
0: Put a little oh, I have one
2: more thing that I want to say about that, is that sure. the idea of good vibes only, what Rabbi Haft will say is that he really learned about what Emunah bitachon was, or tr- trust and, uh, how would you Be- translate Belief. It? Belief. Belief um, from watching Sarah in this process, because yes. the idea of, um, what's the sicha that the Rabbi has? In about Moshe and Yaakov Avinu, he talks about basically what it means to know that even if I do the wrong thing, that Hashem can make it go good for, correctly for me, and that the idea of like no, it's going to be fine with complete certainty, in the same certainty that I have, you know, five finger clarity. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I have five fingers on my hand. I know that. And Sarah's, I know that it's going to be okay. Why not? Like, why? Why do you think it won't be fine? And what it means to really have that because speaking for myself, you know, I can convince myself that I have certainty about something and I rationalize it, but I really don't. And right. I'd never seen it for real until I watched Sarah do it with that's this. beautiful. And it was really amazing. And that's something that's inspiring and, you know, share the interview with people. So it's it's really
0: inspiring to, to have that certainty and belief that God is only going to do good and God has no limits. So therefore God can only do good and God will only, God is all good. So everything that yeah. he's doing, he's not limited in the goodness that he totally. can give me. That's amazing. And the scary
2: things ended up being good things. Um, the one Let's hear thing about that,
0: that. What happened with the, with the quadruplets? Are they all okay? Tell us a little about that. Yeah.
2: Well, so one thing that I think for me that, because because if you know if somebody googles quadruplets there's sort of two universes of stuff there's like mainstream media which is all the good stories and then there's all the medical stuff which is very scary
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um and the scary things and the being proactive about scary things at least in our for our family and how we took care of that ended up being um opportunities to have proactive wake-up calls for things that we you know just you know clean up You know, clean up the garage, clean up the attic, you know, Mm. Sarah was talking about going to a nutritionist like um, uh, uh, I used to work in Koshris and one of the fantastic and amazing and strange things about Koshris is that most modern Koshris questions didn't exist a thousand years ago because of industrial food processing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, keeping kosher and keeping healthy are related, but they're not the same thing there. And so, you know, oh, like keep eating healthy is also a mitzvah. Mm -hmm. and mindful, you know, taking care of my body is, is, uh, is, is, it- is also part of this package. Sure. And that it's really easy to forget that because not everything that just cause it has a hatcher on it doesn't mean that I should be eating it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a time and a place for everything, but it's, it's easy to get lost in that in our, you know, just overflowing with abundance society and sure. for us to be able to check in on that and see mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is scary, but we can do this about it. And like, Oh, this really helps my life. It inspires my extended family and my friends and how that helps me to be able to um, really ground in, in real context, um, which, you know, for me, like growing up, not religious. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, what, like, what does a religious person mean? And, you know, live in my very narrow bubble of mm-hmm. mindset. And, you know, oh, this is actually a much broader scope of, of, of world than I really could ever be aware of. If right. I didn't allow myself to go and explore that. And just because I met one religious person who wasn't nice. That's not. Um, that doesn't translate. Is, don't don't judge Judaism by the Jews. Sure.
0: <laughs> you know? For sure. For sure. So where are the where are the quadruplets now?
1: Thank God they're with the best staff in the NICU. Um, I think even my perspective on that shifted of at first you're like so scared to leave them there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but also they're the best people that could take sure. care of them.
0: Absolutely. So um,
1: thank God they're all on room air. They don't have any tubes. They're just there in bass bassinets. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing right now is that they're just learning how to eat. And mm-hmm. the doctors, you know, are very reassuring in that no one's ever not learned how to eat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, actually, the first time that they could use their mouth to eat is around 34 weeks. So they're just learning how to latch and things like that. Um, so they were and- born
0: at 34 weeks? Is that... So
1: funny story. My doctor would have let me go to 35 weeks, but it would have been um, the day after the three weeks started.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> this has all been so in the hands of God that I'm not going to go do something especially dangerous in a time where you know
0: it's the three maybe weeks are not, hard time. Yeah,
1: right. It's not the best time for me physically. I never feel so great in, in this time. Like this is not. A, and I think. Um, everyone kind of encouraged me to follow my intuition. So mm-hmm. we had actually planned for the Wednesday before the fast day. And then on uh, Tuesday, which happened to be the 4th of July was feeling the Shabbos before it feeling a little bit iffy. And then that Tuesday was like, okay, maybe it's time now. And so
0: mm-hmm.
1: actually ended up being better. The hospital was pretty empty because they don't plan anything for 4th of July. And, um, yeah, it was Amazing. great.
0: Wow,
2: and then we get a, cl- a clickbait slogan, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> Four on the fourth of July, <laughs> Exactly. Wow, wow. Yeah. And, and when are they projected to come home?
2: Um, they won't tell us. What they, they say is you. part of their professionalism. They say that general, like they will say that generally babies will come by their due date, like their mm-hmm. normal due mm-hmm. date. Um, but it depends. Like Sarah was saying about when they um developmentally learn how to use their mouths or things like that. Sure. Um, and, you know, skills that we take for granted, you know, latching right. onto a bottle. Um, it's exhausting for them. And so of they'll course. fall asleep in the middle of the feed, you know, or like being able to breathe and eat and how to alternate that a a, a normal newborn will be able to do just because they're mm-hmm. at that stage. They're mm-hmm. not able to do that yet. So they don't want to commit to anything. Um, it's been... Soon. Soon, yeah,
0: wow. at the right time,
2: everything sure. should be at the right time, Amen. healthy and happy for everybody. Amazing,
0: and, and meanwhile, you're getting your home ready. Are you getting yourself ready, prepared for it, yeah. recovering a little bit, getting yeah. a little whatever bit that back, means, whatever that I mean. means in terms of getting a little sleep or trying to get totally. yourself. Wow, okay. I, I'm
1: so we're excited. We're running on adrenaline. There's no sure. for sure. I don't know what the preparation would even look like for this. Sure, um, but again, I think it's like as long as you know you're being helped. By Hashem at every step, then nothing's really scary. You're like, okay, you're going to figure it out. The day that they get home, you're going to get all the co-op that you need to deal with it all. So the strength will wow. come with the baby.
0: Well, wow, Sarah, you're incredible. And Yisrael, you too. Unbelievable. This is such a beautiful story, such a beautiful story of faith and and positivity and thinking good and just relying on God and bringing God and inviting God into our lives. Totally. Uh, I, I love it. Um, I, I want to just ask you for a concluding thought. What, what message would you like to give people who are listening to your story?
1: Um, look for the good in things. The same way mm-hmm. that, you know, the baby's kind of, you're tour guiding that baby. Imagine there was someone here from out of town.
0: Mm-hmm. And what
1: would, you, what would you see? What would you want to show them? And let mm-hmm. yourself, give yourself three to five seconds a day just mm-hmm. to marvel in that. And then when you do that, then you see it so much more. And also in that, like, statistically, anything that you're going through, there's going to be a lot more people going through it than you think. Hmm. And so if you feel like you're isolated in something, find someone to talk to Hmm. because somebody else is, I guarantee you, going through that thing. And maybe everyone has their own story and you can say that no one really understands how difficult my story is. But by listening to somebody else's story, you kind of you do feel a sense of community and camaraderie that even then you don't, you're reminded that you're not alone. Yeah, even, right. You're never actually alone, but you're reminded that you're not alone. Right. So take that opportunity to find the, the, those people. And I'm happy to be those people for anybody that wants that too.
0: If you have the moment. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Beautiful. I have to say
1: also, the only reason why we really even got this far, I think, is because um, it's such a beautiful community, the beautiful community both on both ends of things not being pregnant, trying and being able to reach out to those people. But then also when we got pregnant, um, very, very few people, you don't really share this. This is one of those things that you kind of keep quiet. But um, through my rabbi and and they were actually able to put me through in touch with a few people that had their own quads. Mm-hmm. And being able to talk to those people, mm-hmm. just, you know, again, because you see the ones that are on, you see the statistics on Google, it doesn't feel good. But then when you talk to someone who's like, my quads just got married last week. Wow. my quad just had bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah last week. It's like, it's really, really something special. And it's- What a blessing. It, it helps you. Yeah. It helps both ways.
0: What a blessing. Wow. Yeah. Yisrael, do you want to add something to that?
2: Um, I'm trying to think of how to not just- Because I have I have a lot to say.
0: <laughs> but right. In a, in a,
2: in a point of like-
1: What's the first thing that pops to your mind?
2: I remember a conversation that we had with your friend, Perry. Uh-huh in Bat Ein, and she was talking about quieting down and listening mm-hmm. and being able to really slow down and take a breath. It's not a coincidence that all the Hebrew spiritual words are all air and breathing words. Mm-hmm. And take a deep breath, slow down, bring in that like Shabbat moment, whether it be an actual Shabbat, talking to a Torah teacher or a mentor, you know watching one of Svee freeman's meditations on org, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> something but like but really slow down and listen to sure. yourself and let yourself become the protagonist of your own story and don't impose mm-hmm. other people's rules and limits on your story and your 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 narrative that you're telling together with with god
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and amazing things happen if you can take yourself out of the picture if that
0: makes any sense mm-hmm. totally absolutely take your ego out take yourself out and and rely on god to just run it you know sometimes you just think of like holding up all your worries and just throwing it up to god right
2: yeah and it makes it easier when it's something that's absurd in this sense like it's almost a bracha for us because i can't i can't say oh other people did like no no this is insane and everybody else with quads is like yeah this is insane welcome to (laughs) welcome to the fun house like um but like, but like, you know, just because you don't have your thing that looks to other people absurd doesn't mean that your thing isn't also absurd. Whatever's going on in work, whatever's going on in family, right. you know, siblings that are, you know, kids that are parents that are, whatever that's going on in your life is absurd. Mm-hmm. And you know, lift up the curtain, like, don't pretend that it isn't, and allow yourself the flexibility to respond to it in a human way. Right.
1: Uh, well, also, beautiful. I have to say, you said to. Um, and I know that we could close with this. You said that you could throw all your worries back to God, but I'm like, wait a minute, these aren't my worries. Right. These are your worries.
0: <laughs> That's right. Like, exactly. You told
1: me to do this. Right. Take care of it. Or like, wow. you know, okay. So we need we need room in our house. I'm I want to raise good Jewish children. What do you think? They're gonna live in the street. God's gonna take care right. of that. Or like wow. He's gonna make sure we have kosher food is expensive. He's gonna make sure we could buy it. Jewish mm. tuition is expensive. He's going to make sure we can mm. afford it. He doesn't want me to put my kids. Yeah, hello. The yeah, car seat yeah. thing, by the way,
2: yeah. like we're trying to figure out how to fit three infant car seats in a row. Because right. normally, like lots of these, car, you know, a normal Vinny van is designed to have a whole bunch of people in it. Right. right. But the, the car seats, infant car, they don't have three infant car seats at the same time. You have a booster seat and a front facing right. and a, you know, and so there's this whole Lego thing of trying to figure it out in this idea yeah. of having these car seats the narrowest actually safe, whatever car seat that we wanted, that, you know, everything is all the, all the blogs or mommy blogs, or whatever, that there's no daddy, parent, daddy all the, <laughs> you could start one, you could start one are, <laughs> are saying like, you know, this is the best one, but it's more than $300 and we have to buy four of them. Are you serious? Wow. So we're wow. going to do it. And then, then we find like, Oh, and they're on sale and they're like $170. That's you know, incredible. You know
0: right.
2: I just
1: God's going to take care of it all.
0: Well, I, I love how God was guiding you throughout. You know, it was God, it was immersing yourself in the laws of family purity, the laws of mikvah that really created this this step back and this allowing the whole spiritual into your life. And it's it stayed with you all along. So I, I yeah. love that. I love that theme that runs through your lives. I want to wish you both tremendous nachas from all your children you. and Thank a tremendous amount Amen. of strength and power in, in raising Amen. this beautiful beautiful, holy souls. And uh, I, I could just say they're in good hands. They're in good parents' yeah. hands and in God's hands. So that's, it's Amen. wonderful. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much for taking the thank time you. and joining it with us. And I would love to do a follow-up in a year or two to hear how things are going. Uh, <laughs> sure. And in oh, the meantime,
2: you're welcome to come over. Yeah,
0: yeah. sure. <laughs> Especially the nights, right? The nights. <laughs> anyone,
1: anyone who wants can come hold a baby.
0: Come on over. <laughs> thank you thank so you much for much. joining us. Thank, thank you. you.